good, Heidi. How about yourself? I can't complain. What's uh what's been on your plate the last fortnight? Um, last fortnight, I pretty much just worked on um getting uh, some plaques cut out on the CNC. It took a long time to do passes, so I was able to come home every evening and get one knocked out every day, which was pretty good. Um, it's about a five-hour runtime cycle for the for the plaques, so uh, it takes up pretty much the rest of the evening <laughs> every every. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, other than that, uh, we had a birthday. Um, oh. So it was not only my birthday; it was your birthday and the first podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. How have uh, how is your fortnight been <laughs> it's been pretty good uh i got a lot of stuff done actually both ben and i have been really busy with a bunch of different projects and ben just finished this um burl resin blank thing that he made for a buddy that was looking for like a um do you know what vapes are they're, they're those electronic yeah. cigarette things so he mm-hmm. makes custom vapes Usually it's just a hobby. Sometimes he sells them. So he hired Ben to make him the box to put all the electronics in. So Ben did cool. some hand carving and chisel work on that. And that was keeping him pretty busy. For me, I was doing a lot of 3D printing. So this week I finished a bunch of different free 3D prints and have been prepping other ones. So it's just been a lot of like painting and priming and sanding and trimming and waiting for the printer to print. We also, did you see the Lego mugs I've been working on? I did. I saw that there was a Heidi and a Ben size. I really like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I printed those both last week and then we started casting the Ben size yesterday. Uh, But it's been so humid in Pennsylvania. I don't know if Texas has this humidity. I kind of have a feeling in some parts of Texas you get humidity and other parts you get the dry heat but here the humidity is yeah, just ugh. that's that's how it is uh where we're at like uh more in west Texas you get that dry heat but here in Houston area yeah you pretty much just you can feel the humidity outside yeah <laughs> yeah bad. it's like you can it feels like you could just take a knife and cut through it well yeah. that's not good for plaster to dry uh-huh. So what should have only taken 24 hours to cure is still really mushy. So I have to wait. Yeah. I even sat it in the sun. It's just, it's just too, too humid. So it's going to be probably three days before I can pour the second half of that, which is fine, but you know, kind of a bummer. And I, I just finished up this morning printing a fallout figure, the death claw. I saw that. Yeah, so I primed My that. guess was totally wrong. Yeah, a lot of people were like, uh, is that a Balog from Dungeons & Dragons? <laughs> like, Very similar, but no. Yeah. yeah, I saw those. Those are pretty cool. It makes me want to get a 3D printer. <laughs> oh, man, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I have a couple of commissions for some Fallout stuff. Cool. Well, this week we interviewed bassist and guitarist Mike. Say his last name. Bartikowiak. Bartikowiak. You'd think, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh. There are plenty of Polish names in Pittsburgh that are very similar to that. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah down here. Um, so we live just outside of a small city that it was founded as like a Czech and Polish um, 
uh, establishment, I guess, so to speak, or like an established town. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of last names that are, uh, you know, end with the X and the Wisniewski's and all these different last names. But, um, yeah, so we... uh, Bart Koviak was, we grew up with that. <laughs> yeah, so it probably didn't sound strange for anybody to say Did, around you. Yeah, not at first. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So tell us a little bit about Mike before everybody dives into this interview. So uh, Mike and I go way back, as far as I can remember, quite literally, because uh, he's my cousin. But he's quite a fantastic guitarist as well. And as long as I've known him, he's always kind of dabbled in the guitar, but it hasn't been until the past couple of years, I would say, that he's really started pursuing his passion as playing guitar in a band. And I feel like the progression that he's had is just phenomenal, and he's now doing something that he loves, and he's able to actually tour with some guys, and I, I've just always wanted to kind of get him behind a microphone and really understand his perspective of it, because it's always been interesting to me to see how he... Uh, progresses as a, as a guitar player. So when we had the opportunity to interview him, we got to ask him everything from how he started to play guitar to what it was like to join a band that was looking for a female bassist, as well as what it's like to write with a group of other people and how you kind of have to push your own identity to the side and think more like a group dynamic than just about what's important to you. So, hope you enjoy the interview. We sure did. Yeah, definitely. It was great. Let's roll it. All right, man. Well, y'all want to dive into it? Yeah, are you, are you good to go on your end? Got all everything going, I guess? Uh, let me double check, make sure I'm recording. I think so. Yeah, you got a good icebreaker to kind of get us started here. Um, what's your mode of transportation to get around town? Currently, it is a 2016 Ford F-150 single-cab black pickup truck. Um, That's how I carry all my junk around. Um, I used to have a great 2002 Ford Explorer, affectionately named Dora, that I used to, you know, transport, you know, all our uh, equipment, you know, bass and amps and, you know, all that stuff from practice to practice. But uh, unfortunately, Harvey got to her, and she is in that big graveyard in the sky. Car, car graveyard, junkyard. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> junkyard, car heaven. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm rolling these days. Bone stock as they come, no modifications. I'm super lame like that, but uh, not even a tanu cover yet, huh? Mm-mm. Don't need it. Just wrap everything in a tarp, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and avoid the rain. That's right. Yeah. Just make sure you have those weather apps. <laughs> Alerts uh, on. Well, uh, so give us a rundown of your of your vocation. We're talking about how uh, you got into playing bass. Man, I guess so. I guess that's gonna go back to when I started playing guitar, which was probably freshman or yeah, probably freshman year in high school. I uh, kind of bugged my parents about wanting a guitar, and. Uh, Finally, we went over, I think it was, we went to like uh, H&H Music. I don't think those guys are around anymore, but it was like a chain of music stores back then, probably, you know, like, 
geez, almost 20 years ago now. But uh, so we went there and I found like this PV Raptor set. It's kind of like one of those starter packs you get these days. Um, it had electric guitar and amp and all that stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I just started, you know, playing on that in my bedroom. Um, the internet was kind of a thing. Uh, at that point, so I started looking up guitar tabs and things like that, and uh, you know, just really learning how to play my favorite songs and stuff like that. That's all I really cared about. I didn't care about you know uh, performing a solo so fast my fingers bleed or anything super technical. Just uh, playing what I loved and, and, and enjoyed, um, which back then was probably you know like Blink One Eight Two and Metallica, um, you know stuff like that. But yeah, so that's that's when I started, and then uh, so bass I got my first bass guitar probably like. Eight years after that, so maybe like, uh, geez, what are we talking, like two, no, yeah, 2006, 2007, somewhere there. Uh, I think I bought one off a friend, and uh, it was just kind of a way, I was kind of dabbling in recording uh, my own music and stuff like that, and so it was kind of a way to, to get that bass guitar in there, and, and really bass is kind of super similar to guitar. I mean, you're you're pretty much playing the same note, you're just playing one of them on the bass, so um, a little bit easier to play maybe, but uh, still fun nonetheless. And then um, I, uh, so how I came to my current profession or gig as a bassist, uh, was uh, stumbling around on Craigslist one day and saw an ad that said, a, you know, uh, band looking for a female bassist. And I wasn't a female, but I figured I would throw my hat in the ring because I, I listened to some of their groovy tunes and I dug them. So I reached out and was like, hey, man, if you're still looking for a bassist, uh, hit me up. Um and my uh, my friend Connor uh, emailed me back, and and the rest is history. So now I'm uh, the bassist for Heck Nugget, uh, based out of Houston, Texas, for uh, indie rock, uh, three piece, drums, guitar, bass. Uh, just trying to make some music and uh, make some people feel things. Sweet. Well, you pretty much hit on my my next two questions, which is, uh, <laughs> were you always interested in music, or uh, is that something you kind of found later in life? As far as music goes, I've always been interested in music, man. I can remember like singing in church, you know, when you're like your little kid. That's really kind of my first, uh, I guess, exposure, you could say. Uh, you know, uh, I grew up as Catholic, so definitely like a lot of organs and pianos and and stuff like that. Um, we had that that uh, one piano guy who was, you know, had a big booming voice and um, he always played along with the hymns and stuff. And so that was kind of my introduction and did that. And then of course, uh, you know, high school band. Um, well, I guess middle school band too, like uh, middle school bands where you really start. And then, of course, high school, you get all the marching and concert bands, stuff like that. That's, uh, you know, it kind of rolls into it all. But then, uh, you know, kind of in middle school, when you really start discovering music, you know, not just what your parents listen to, uh, you kind of start coming into your own and stuff like that. I think that's where you really start to develop, you know, kind of your musical taste and things like that and things you like. So, you know, kind of like I said, going into high school, finding, you know, Blink-182 and Metallica and uh you know, other things, other, you know, indie rock, um, stuff like that. That's that's really, you know, kind of where I come from with music. Who are some of your bigger influences? You, I know you named Blink-182 and Metallica. Are, there, are they still some of your bigger influences? Yeah. Are, there, are there more uh, bands, that, bands or individuals that have been uh, influencing you to kind of uh, continue on with, uh, with playing music? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, those those two bands are both still around, and the longevity of those bands has just been insane. Um, of course, you know, Blink One Eight Two, they've had their ups and downs, but you know, Metallica has been a a, a metal machine just chugging along. Um, 
But man, lately we were actually just talking yesterday. One of the bands that's kind of influenced me lately is uh, they're called Churches, where the U is a V. <laughs> but um, they kind of do like some indie rock, but they uh, have some like electronic stuff over the top, like synths and keyboards and things like that. Um, that stuff is really cool. I think it sounds awesome. And uh, was actually at a show last or yesterday uh, called Wild Moccasins in Houston. They're a local Houston band who kind of has that same sound with some uh, synth and guitar and stuff like that. So it's super cool to see them. Um, but other bands that influenced me lately, man, that makes me want to pull up the old Spotify playlist. I know, uh, Magic Man has, has a really good song, Texas. I really like, again, like, you know, synth driven, poppy, stuff like that. But I kind of, lately, honestly, I've kind of been coming back to that, uh, 1990s, 2000s emo scene, man. A lot of Boxcar Racer and My Chemical Romance and The Used and stuff like that. I just, uh, can jam that stuff in the car all day long. I do a lot of driving right now, so, uh. It's good to throw on a little simple plan in Good Charlotte, you know, some days and just uh, scream it out. That takes me right back to college. Right? That's good stuff. <laughs> Have you seen that um, college humor skit with um, Mark? Mark Hoppus. Hoppus. <laughs> so, the uh, bassists look too bored. Is that how you play bass? I have been sent the link to that uh, video so many times because it's one of those ones that, that makes the rounds on Facebook or all the other social media sites, you know, it's like, I feel like every year or two, it'll pop up again and rear its head. But I, I do remember seeing it like, I want to say five years ago or something like that. But, uh, I'll have to actually look and see how old the, the sketch is, but I totally, now that, you know, I, I, Oh, so yeah, so I was right. So it's been around. Mm -hmm. That's funny. But and actually, speaking of influencers, like Mark Hoppus is probably one of my biggest bass uh, influences. I just that dude is, he's just so funny and and personable in interviews. And uh, when he performs, he's always jumping around on stage and dancing around and just doing crazy stuff. And I, and I gotta admit, I do kind of model my stage presence after him a little bit. I don't want to be the guy who's just being the board bassist, just sitting there on stage, just buh, 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 you know, I want to be the guy who's jumping around, dancing all over the stage, and, you know, just, just having a good time, and I've, I've had several people say, like, you look so energized up there, and, and we'd love to see you dancing around all this junk, and it makes me happy, like, because uh, you don't, you know, you want to be entertained when you go to a show, you don't just want to sit there and listen to some dumb band whine about stuff, you know? <laughs> Do you... While we were still in the vein of influences, though, I do got to give a shout out to Brand New and Taking Back Sunday. Those are definitely a couple more, uh, some of my more emo or influences, but uh, love those dudes. So, uh, so kind of, kind of playing off that, um, how would uh, you had mentioned Spotify? How would you say that like social media or like the new music platforms that have kind of come about, like Pandora, Spotify, you know, just just all these different. Um, uh, and, and like YouTube, YouTube Music, all these almost on-demand music platforms. Um, how have they affected how you listen to music versus maybe how you did when you were in high school? Oh man, when you're in high, when I was back in high school, it was the uh, binders of CDs, of course, and then burnt CDs and uh, the mixes you make for your friends and stuff like that. So it's a lot of changing CDs out, or, or if you're lucky, you had a CD changer. You know, so you didn't have to actually take the disc out. You just hit the next uh, next disc button and things like that. But, uh, man, I mean, these days to have, like, the history of music on your phone, you know, that's amazing. I love it personally. I was a big proponent of Zune music. I don't know if anybody remembers that when it came out, but that was the first, like, Spotify before it was Spotify. And it was a Microsoft product, so it wasn't, you know, they were competing against Apple at the time. And Apple had iTunes, but um, Zune music was really 
from what I remember, and maybe there was another one before it, but like the actual music subscription service where you could subscribe and get access to a whole bunch of music. Because I'm definitely, I stand on the side of I want to listen to what I want to listen to like at that moment, right? I'm not a big Pandora guy. I don't, I, I do use like Spotify radio sometimes, but usually I know what I want to listen to and I'll go straight to that. But yeah, like, uh, I think they're great personally. Um, I was really hoping Apple Music was going to take off, uh, really well, but Spotify, I think, just kind of had that staying power and, and everybody was already, already entrenched in that stuff. So, um, it's really interesting to see what they're doing, like with the, you know, artist exclusives and stuff like that, which is kind of a bummer for, you know, people who are stuck on one platform. But, uh, I think they've kind of learned their, I think the musicians have learned their lesson, uh, you know, with doing that, they, they realize it's not good for the people who actually listen to them. But um, as an indie artist who actually does have songs and music on Spotify, I can say I think I do think it's easy to get lost because there's a lot of bands out there and it is super easy to get on all these platforms, which is good for the artist. <laughs> but it's, it's also kind of cool. You can send your song, your friends uh, like, hey, check out my band. You know, we're on Spotify and it's just super band easy camp. to. Yeah, Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp. Yeah, absolutely. It's such easy to listen to him. Can you think of a, a maybe a major milestone moment uh, in your like in your music that may have kind of changed the direction from where where you started? Like maybe uh, kind of changed the trajectory of possibly be answering a Craigslist ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you go from playing alone in your bedroom to you know with other people, it's it's definitely a kind of a, a career moment for you or whatever. But. Um, I'd say we're, I'd say actually, uh, as, as a band, I think we, we may be going through some of that right now. I know, uh, kind of having an identity crisis. So uh, we, we do love our name, Heck Nugget, but you know, we want to maybe, you know, go in a different direction, maybe do some more electronic stuff. You know, we don't know yet. We're trying to figure that out, but, um, trying to figure out who you are and what your sound is like, that's so difficult, really. And trying to find your audience. Right. Exactly. Um, trying to really find what, you know, represents you best as an artist and stuff like that. Um, but I think that's, you know, kind of going through that flux and, uh, you know, uncertainty and things like that. I think that's definitely kind of career defining. As far as um, how that interaction goes between you and uh, the other bandmates, is that um, is that something that y'all are able to kind of work out uh, pretty easily? Or is that something that is kind of a team decision, kind of a, a democratic uh, situation, so to speak, of uh, which direction y'all head, or are y'all usually pretty in sync? You know, I mean, I'm kind of curious. Is it a pretty, pretty similar thought process uh, to be uh, in the same group together? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's a super, super democracy in our band. Um, there's never any fighting. We never raise our voices or anything like that. You know, we're not like a Guns N' Roses or anything like that. But uh. Um, everybody's super chill. At the end of the day, we just want to make music that we love and that we hope other people love, right? So, um, yeah, super, super democratic. And we, we all, of course, we take a vote. You know, if somebody likes one thing, it's, it's really easy to vote with three people in the band, right? There's, there's always two yeses and one no. So, um, the eyes have it, of course. That's, uh, that's how it works in most, you know, voting situations, I guess. But, um, I'd have to say probably Connor is probably kind of our spearhead though. He's the one who really, he writes all if all the music really. And, uh, you know, me and Henry were, were there to, to submit ideas and fill in. And of course, you know, I'm bass and Henry's drum. So, you know, we'll, you know, give, uh, at our parts, you know, where needed and stuff like that. And, uh, maybe make suggestions like, Hey, what do you think about this? And we'll try it. If we like it, we'll keep it. If we don't like it, or if it sounds terrible, of course we'll kick it out. Um, 
but yeah, and never, never an issue with those because either we never have problems working together or collaborating or um, any of that stuff. So yeah, it's been a great, great band experience. What would you call your studio? I mean, I know there's probably a band studio also, but do you kind of have your own place of zen, so to speak, or is that the studio? Uh, I do. I do a little bedroom uh, recording. So I was actually working on a, a Cure cover this morning, uh, just kind of playing around in Pro Tools a little bit. But um, but yeah, of course we have our practice space, so we'll do some stuff there. And then we're actually looking. Uh, we actually found a studio in Houston. We're gonna do some recording there, uh, probably in the next month or so. Um, we got to go practice and get everything ready to go. But uh, yeah, so other than you know the bedroom, uh, I think that that's pretty much where I do most of the stuff. But uh, other than that, yeah. So is there any kind of stuff that you, in particular that you like to have like in the studio or in the bedroom that kind of helps uh, drive that creativity or that inspiration um, for you when, when you're trying to record music? A keyboard with the Cherry MX Blues uh, hooked up to Google uh, does wonders. Um, having a wealth of information at your fingertips. Uh, bottled water, also great. Um, I have a few like posters and stuff, of course, around. Uh, you know, I got my Houston Astros Champs poster, and I actually have a, a signed Blink 182 drum head over here, a Blink 182 poster. Uh, you know, my Astros stuff everywhere. Uh, a picture of the undisputed WWE champion Daniel Bryan back in the day from uh, New Orleans. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of funny, it's a lot of championship uh, stuff around. So, uh, but um, a good set of headphones. Got to have a good set of headphones. Um, I'm rocking some Bayer Dynamics right now, which have the largest ear cups you've ever seen. These things aren't even touching my ear, but they're completely encircling them. It's amazing. I love them. Yeah, and probably my guitar. I have actually this super awesome Jay Mascus Jazzmaster uh, that my brother and buddy Connor bought for me. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what I got in the studio. So are uh, some of those um, some of those things around there that they kind of help you uh, pull back to that point of of inception when you kind of started playing, you know, some of the album artwork or anything like that. Uh yeah, absolutely. Um, always like you, whenever I'm trying to think of a song idea or like a riff or something, I'm always trying to think like, you know, what does this sound like? Is this like an elephant, like big and heavy, or is this like you know small and quick, like a cat, or like what you know? So, like, what kind of idea or, you know, message am I trying to convey, uh, stuff like that. But, yeah, I'd say that stuff. You know, like I said, I, I like having Google right there to look up references or, uh, you know, idioms or just, you know, just random, like, turn of phrases or things like that, too. That stuff really helps. Uh, helps get that stuff going. The Internet, of course, as we know, is an unending <laughs> trove of inspiration. Do you set goals for yourself as an artist, or do you, are you just kind of going with the wind, so to speak, as as far as your benchmarks for growing as a bassist? Sure, um, I, I think so. I always like I always tell the guys uh, like you know, especially when we started coming together as a band, like what do you guys want to do? Where do we see this going? Uh, and I think we had kind of said, well, let's let's do some recordings and. Uh, Actually, I take that back. Let's roll it back even further. I think the first was let's let's practice some songs and get a set list together, and then that became okay. Let's play a show, and that became okay. Let's play another show in a different mm -hmm. place, and then I know one of my personal goals was uh, to play at Fitzgerald's, um, 
that's a, a local Houston uh, music venue that's been around, uh, I think, since the 60s or 70s. It's been, it's been around a long time. I think back in the day it was a dance hall. Um, so it's been around for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, last year that dream actually came true. We played the Houston Underground Punk Festival uh, at Fitzgerald's. We played downstairs, so it wasn't the main stage, but it was still Fitzgerald's, and I'm counting it. <laughs> so that that was a super cool Super cool experience. Was super glad to do that. Um, but now, so now I think our goal is to get in the studio and get some more uh, songs recorded for a second release. So that's definitely what we're working towards right now and, and trying to get accomplished. In regards to that, as one piece of a band, is it ever difficult to um, work with other people, maybe not just your your bandmates um but to get in line with a similar trajectory and um have the same passions i think so i mean definitely when you're working with uh like a, a studio engineer or even someone who's doing like a, the mastering uh for your record or stuff like that you definitely have to be be on the same page as what you want to sound like and, and what you want that final product to look like we've been super fortunate when we uh we did a couple recordings up in austin uh, with the with the garage uh, engineer, and he was super chill, super cool. We all we had shared the same musical interests. Um, he was great about giving suggestions and input when we wanted it. Um, he would definitely wait for us to ask for it, which was great. Um, and we've we've talked to this guy in Houston a couple times now, and we we really feel comfortable with him and, and on the same page as uh, you know what that final product is going to look like. So um, super excited to to get in the studio with him and uh, see what happens. So you you had talked about wanting to get more uh, synth with your music, and right now you're a three piece band. Would that work with how how would that work with live shows? Would that require you to have a fourth person to come in and and run the keyboard? Not necessarily. Uh, you can always add a laptop to your band as that a uh, ghost fourth member. Um, actually, Wild Moccasins last night did that. They had some backing tracks um, they were using because uh, in the middle of one of their songs, I heard a keyboard. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Where's that keyboard coming from? <laughs> I'm like, I'm looking around on stage like there's no keyboard player up there. There's nobody off to the side. Where's that coming from? So it's got to be, you know, the drummer. He'll have some earphones in and uh, he'll be the one who like initially starts those tracks because usually they'll count off one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And boom, the song starts. Right. So then the drummer is in perfect time, uh, you know, with that track and the band just kind of follows the drummer. So um, that's one thing we've talked about and toyed with. But, you know, that's that's a whole other you got to get used to it and set it up and figure out how it's going to work. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of lot of stuff to think about, I guess. And we're just not we just haven't really figured it out yet. We're just uh, still grinding it out with that three piece. So uh, but we'll get there. Do you ever have a challenge with um who is leading the charge between you as rhythm bass and the drummer? Or is it just kind of like no egos? I'm just following the drummer. Yeah, there's no egos at all. Like I'm, I'm just following him. He's, he's, he's laying the beat down. I, I, I need to follow what he's doing. So that way we stick together. So, um, yeah. And again, like I said, everybody in our band is super chill. So, and we, we know when we're, you know, out of sync or out of tempo or whatever, we pick it back up pretty quick. Like, we've, we've never had a problem with that, yeah. I know that you like video games, obviously. You were really excited for E3. Do you have a favorite video game soundtrack? Oh, man. Um, Halo. 
Uh, that one's all right, but ah, uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of biased right now. I mean, Halo is good. Don't get me wrong. That yeah. one gets me pumped every time. But but right now there's so there's this band out there called Bit Brigade. Have you guys heard of them? I have not. No, no, I'll have to Google them. You you absolutely should. Um, so Bit Brigade is a band uh, who does speed run performances. So they have uh, I think two guitars, a bass, and a drummer. Maybe another guitar, I'm not sure. But they also have another member of their band who whose instrument is a Nintendo controller. <laughs> um, so what these guys do is they set up and they uh, they launch the game. And I I actually saw them live, which is where I found out about them up in Dallas. Um, they did a performance of Mega Man 2. So the guy with the Nintendo controller will start the game and he'll speed run the game while the band plays a live soundtrack. Wow. It is amazing. That's it, so awesome. I'm looking so, at pictures right now. Yeah, so they're, uh, I think they're actually on tour right now. I think they're coming to Houston. They're doing uh, The Legend of Zelda is their current show. Uh, they've done Metroid also in the past, and I believe Ninja Gaiden or Gaiden, however, you know, pretentious you want to be there. But <laughs> <laughs> um, So uh, super cool stuff. So I'm going to I'm gonna have to answer that with Mega Man 2 or The Legend of Zelda or Metroid. Like, those are just... Uh, Classics. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Awesome. Special mention to Fallout, because... Uh, that is amazing. Their music is always insane. Just watching that new Fallout 76 trailer really... Uh, kind of the music selections there really kind of pump me up, so... The Witcher has been blowing me away. Okay, that's another good one. Yep, for sure. Cool. Yeah, I def- definitely. I have to check those out. If they're coming to Houston, that's definitely something I want to check out. <laughs> It, it's super cool. I, uh, I'm pretty pumped. I, I checked interested on that event a while ago. So um, wow, they played so. at this this bar in Pittsburgh called Spirit. It's a super small divey type bar, but they played the Mega Man 2 soundtrack, and someone posted the entire thing online. Nice. Also, I something new. Thank you. There, hey, there you go. I, and, and, I'll, and I'll have to actually, and the reason I was actually up in Dallas was to see a couple bands. So it was as to see uh, Psycho Stick, who's like a comedy metal band. But the other band I saw was Descendants of Erdrich, which is a reference to Dragon Warrior on the Nintendo. So these guys are like another video game band. Out of, they're based out of Austin, so they, they can make it down to Houston every now and then. But um, those guys are super cool. And uh, so shout out to Descendants of Erdrich. I'll definitely check them out on Facebook, too. Yep, not gonna be able to go to that show. You know why? <laughs> it's August. I, I just realized it's August 18th. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, kiddo number two should be coming around then. Yeah, I doubt the wife's gonna let me get away with that one. <laughs> nah, nah. Just uh, bring the, have bring her the hold, kid. hold it. Yeah, yeah just bring yeah. her. Bring the kid. Yeah. Just have her cross her legs. How did she induce labor again? <laughs> <laughs> right. Just keep him in there. Let him bake. Let him bake for a little while. He's all right. He's safe in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm probably going to rip your face off. <laughs> well, um, I think we could kind of pretty much uh, pretty much hit on all the questions that um, that we had. But um, like, if you if if someone was uh, interested in getting started with uh, bass or, or guitar in general, like, what would your suggestion be to kind of to how to help them get started like um is there any places they could go or things they could do or something like that to kind of just get jamming basically the internet.com 
there's so many resources out there. There's like YouTube videos, and I know. Uh, shout out to Scott's Bass Lessons. That dude is all over YouTube. Uh, has a good program. Um, but just Google around. There's Udemy courses on guitar um, that people love, uh, and you can look up all those guys uh, like on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and. Um, but yeah, there's so many resources that if somebody's looking to get started, I mean, to, to get, uh, you can go to Guitar Center and pick up one of those like Squire starter packs, uh, for a mm, couple hundred bucks, maybe two, three hundred bucks, or you can go to a pawn shop and just get like a used base for probably like a hundo, you know, and then a cheap little practice amp. Um, but yeah, just go get a cheap guitar and, uh, start playing what you like, you know, play the music you like. Um, like I said, I started out with Blink-182 and Metallica and just kind of playing along with the songs and stuff like that. That that would be, you know, that's my suggestion. Just get a cheap instrument and start playing. Um, if you like it and you stick with it, then upgrade to something better. But um, as long as you're playing what you love, that's the most important part, I think. That's excellent advice. Yeah. I'm full of it. <laughs> I'm full of other stuff, but hey, oh. that's for another podcast. <laughs> I'd like to ask a question. Sure. What are your inspirations? Mm. Musically or artistically? Like, seems like a ooh. Give me yeah. three bands. Give me three bands, and then what motivates you artistically? Three bands. Or inspires. Go go go. <laughs> don't think about well, it just say, just say words uh, well say Bob Dylan I, I like uh, singer songwriters I'm not a big band okay. follower but Bob Dylan Patty nice. Griffin cool and um, Lori McKenna are three yeah. of my favorite singer songwriters and Dance, right? I've, I've written a lot based on like a lot of their chord progressions and like I'm a huge syncopated guitar player. I'm I'm not really good with playing with other people because I'm okay. I'm all over the place. But um, it's kind of served me well as a storyteller, as a musician, to be able to do that and and carry my own. Um, but artistically, when I'm when I'm working in the studio, I'm I'm typically just listening to um, mostly dance music. Let me look. Who was not? Who was the last? Like Sylvan Esso, I've been jamming to a lot lately. They really, nice. they really get me going creatively. Cool. But um, how about you, Jake? Um, what was it? Three three bands and uh, or three musical influences and uh, your inspiration, ins- artistic inspiration. Um. Well, I definitely have to say Cake. Cake was probably one of one of the biggest band influences from uh, a Left Behind CD album of my brother's. <laughs> like that that big old binder of CDs you talked about. I remember there being like three albums mm-hmm. of Cake in there. Nice. Um, classic '90s CDs. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, probably like Flat and Scruggs because that was uh, I grew up on in bluegrass. So. Uh, that's kind of influenced my interest in uh, newgrass as well, which is pretty cool because, uh, I, I mean, it's just I I don't know I'm kind of all over the place, you know, because I like the cake, I like the I like punk rock and, or, or um, kind of a indie indie band, 
um, alternative, I guess they would be classified as, and I like the bluegrass. And then um, probably my last one would be uh, uh, like Blue Man Group. I mean, really? Yeah. Blue Man Group. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, so like, because I, I, I kind of like all of the, those spectrums, I guess I like yeah. say. Because uh, I really, li- I really like the this the synth part of the Blue Man Group mm-hmm. and just the rhythms and things like that. I, and you know the fact that there's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, there's no lyrics that I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just, I like those guys are awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so those those would probably be three like you know bands that are like music. And then as far as like artistic influence, um, I mean really, uh. Probably video games the most, just like in general, because mm-hmm. you know, like the artistic drive behind so many video games like we were talking about earlier, Metroid, um, Zelda, Legend of Zelda, uh, even just like Super Mario Brothers, things like that. Like that has a huge artistic drive behind me, and I've always kind of liked that that structure. Um, uh, that with like architectures or architects, so like green and green and and things like that, where you know, just that very structured um, look. Is is always been super influential to me, uh, so I kind of I don't know, just like that that's always been kind of influential to me because um, just just the way it's uh, it's 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 art and math, <laughs> you know, kind of nice. that perfect mar- <laughs> that perfect marriage of the two of like okay, like this is really pretty, but it took a lot of math to get to build this house, and then it's the same way with with video games. It's like it took it takes a lot of math to make it pretty. You're yeah. such a there. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird that way. It's like to to kind of cut back to to Heck Nugget, you know, or Mike, and and doing the uh, the guitar, which we're totally gonna finish one summer. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So hey, the other thing I thought about, I actually somebody gave me a really good idea. Um, these blanks that we've been cutting, we're totally doing it wrong. We should have bought some two inch foam, and then we can run yeah. the machine. And then we'll buy some two inch foam and cut it up into two foot sections or whatever we need. And then what we can do is throw it on the machine and run it at two hundred percent, so it runs really, really fast, and it doesn't matter. Mm. And then mm. so we we get the cut done fast, we get the shape, and then we can perfect the shape and then be done. And I was like, so I saw somebody, I saw somebody suggest that, and I was like, why didn't I think of that? Oh, so such so smart. We'll get a bunch of like mm. pink foam guitars, but uh, I mean it's like fourteen bucks, and you'll probably get I don't know six guitar bodies out of it. <laughs> six tests, yeah. yeah. No, I like it. Or six tests, yeah. So let's um, do that. Yeah. I still want to. I still want a pink guitar. So there you go. <laughs> I'm down. So yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking we should definitely do that. And I would. I, I mean, like that's that's that perfect marriage of like art and. Uh, and math is like the the math to figure it out and do it on on Fusion 360 to kind of like draw it up and then to be able to digitize that into G code and turn it into into back into a guitar and then take that guitar body and the the natural wood grain to like make that pop or to take it and paint it and like do your own design on it like that to me that's always been super intriguing to me I'd love to actually just perfect that that file that we get for your guitar and um and just make some pine ones is probably what I'd do. I'd probably just, like, glue up some pine blanks that are completely trash just to paint them. Like, I think I would like to play around with, like, hydro dipping and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. That'd be cool. The hydro dipping stuff is so interesting. Well, now I want to block print a guitar or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, like, make it... 
Hey, here you go. Make a guitar where the back of it is a black print, and then you like after the show you just like roll some ink onto that bad boy, and then you can like instead of autographing stuff, you're just like give me your poster stick. <laughs> mm, I like it. <laughs> Did you see Jimmy Duresta took the stencil with him, and instead of signing people's stuff, he spray-painted his name <laughs> saw, on people? <laughs> I saw that over at Maker Central. Yeah. My first thought was, how do you get that spray-paint can past TSA? <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. Well, I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate your time, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hope it, uh, I hope it helped. <laughs> yeah. I think it was really good insight into the mind of a bassist. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, too. Hope, hopefully. It's my second podcast interview ever. So. Hey, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. This is only my second podcast as well. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll say the name of the one that you were on. It's called No Redeeming Qualities. Mm. So right. they're a uh, local Houston like comedy podcast, and they were super fun uh, to hang out with. We talked about everything from the origin origin of Heck Nugget to uh, the Star Wars movies and why I hate the Poros and just everything in between. Why Houston is swampy, New Jersey. It was <laughs> it was it was great. If people want to find you or your band, like whatever, I don't know what you like self, like shamelessly self promote. Like where would where would they find out about you? You know? Oh yeah, yeah. No, hacknugget.com. Um, if you're interested in me personally, of course, there's michaelbarkoviak.com. Good luck trying to spell that. Oh wait, it totally won't be in the podcast description or anything. But um, yeah, when we, we you know we have all sorts of bands, social media like Instagram and YouTube and uh, all that stuff. So uh, and we're on Spotify. Go check out Heck Nugget on Spotify and listen to my beautiful bass melodies and and stuff like that. Right. Cool. I will be. Excellent. We're great for making in the background. Like just put us on real low, and it's been proven. I, I shamelessly <laughs> I shamelessly use y'all and plug y'all every time I stream on Twitch and stuff like that. I just like yep, this is Heck Nugget. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> Word. Yeah. I gotta go make some music and stuff. Cool. Cool, man. Thanks for spending time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it, guys. Not a problem. Hey guys, so we're going to try something new where we do a Fortnite forecast, which is where Heidi and I try to guess what we're going to be working on in the next two weeks, and we'll take our best stab at it, and then we'll see how the forecast holds out, and like Weatherman, we'll see just how off we are every week from our forecast. So, uh, Heidi, what's your forecast for the next couple weeks? Well, I know for sure that I have a couple of commissions that I have to finish, so I know it's going to entail a lot of 3D printing and a lot of painting. But other than that, I feel like I should be working on my pottery and I should be uh, practicing my throwing. But as we all know, that can be really curtailed by having a toddler, having a full-time job, and having, you know, other housely duties. So we'll see. All three of which I totally agree with. <laughs> the, the, the toddler um, as well as the... Full-time job, but yeah, I've got I've actually got two commissions that I have deadlines for at the beginning of this month as well. One of them, which will hopefully get the 
the entertainment center. Um, I'm hoping to get that pushed out so that way I can get it completely off my plate. And uh, I've got a scheduled delivery date, and it's coming together pretty well. Um, and then after that, I do have uh, kind of a partial deadline for something to kind of get some samples out to a client. That way they can review it and give me a final decision on the colors that they want. And I'm hoping to hear back from that so I can get that pushed out mid to end July. And other than that, I don't know. We'll see. I would like, I've got some stuff that I want to try for the CNC. Um, I'd like to do some two-sided carves. Uh, and I think I saw, there's quite a few guys on YouTube that have some, uh, video, some how-to videos on that. And I think Tim Sway was one of them. I'd really like to sit down and get some time to review it. That way I can successfully do a two-sided, uh, carve on a guitar body so because actually that's been one of my goals for the summer is to try to get a two-sided guitar body carved for none other than the guy that we just interviewed mm-hmm. mike so that's great uh, that's kind of one of those like in the spare time projects so Sweet. we'll see how that turns out if i can get if i can get started on that these next couple weeks that would be great just to kind of get something uh, further down the road with it. Sounds how good do to we me. Say, how do you want to segue? Is that how, does that sound right? How do we want to segue? On two wheels. Ah! <laughs> Dad jokes on point. Dad jokes. Hey, thanks for sticking around this long in the episode. For those of you who are interested, here's the track Shadow Realm by Heck Nugget. Thank you. 